Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. And we are back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for season two of the podcast, Fixing Fitness with Kelly. I had a great two weeks off. I took one week just totally to step away from everything. And then I spent the second week doing a lot of research, getting into more education, finding out lots of new and fun things that I can bring to this podcast and to the other content I'm going to be providing for you guys all with an eye toward undoing desk bod for people who have had a desk job, a desk career for usually 5, 10, 15 years that is resulting in a lot of postural changes and postural adaptations to sitting for 8 plus hours a day. That is the focus of what we do here. So season 2, episode 1, I want to be talking about common postural faults that are uncommonly talked about. These are some postural adaptations that we see a lot with people who have desk jobs and spend over 8 to 10 hours a day in a seated position and how those things are impacting your workouts so that the workouts you're doing aren't as effective as you would like. I do want to just let you guys know, while I was off and I was visiting with family, I did catch a terrible cold. It lasted for about a week, and I'm still coming off the tail end of that. So if that's coming across in my voice, I do apologize. Next week, we will be back to 100%, I hope. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into season two. Your favorite fitness influencer has just posted a new workout guaranteeing a great sweat that will light your core on fire. You flip through the carousel to note the moves, admiring her sculpted tan abs, and maybe you save the post to pull it up later, or maybe you just draw from memory to add one or two of the moves to your regular workout. You hit the mat, ready to try the moves that will finally make your abs visible. You tackle three sets and collapse back on the mat, neck aching, abs only mildly lit. Damn, you think, what is her secret? Over the break between seasons one and two, I took the opportunity to start posting more online workouts, but I spent a lot of time during season one talking about how most of the online workouts you follow from fitness influencers aren't as effective as they could be if you're just mimicking the movements, contorting your body into, quote, proper form without recruiting the right muscles to get you there. So in addition to posting workouts, I also started listing key postural engagement and recruitment items to focus on for each movement to ensure maximum effectiveness. And in today's episode, I want to highlight some of the ones that keep coming up and go into a little more detail about why dialing in on just a couple of these things can be game-changing for not only your workout results, but your overall posture and muscle order recruitment. So the first of these three that we're going to talk about today is tucking your pelvis, or as I prefer to think of it, correcting the tilt. Fixing this postural fault is huge for desk workers. It targets the anterior pelvic tilt we all suffer from as a result of spending hours and hours behind a desk. That tilt doesn't magically go away when we're working out. 
In fact, for most of us, it doesn't even go away when we're standing up. If you look at most adults just standing around, their lower back seems to curve forward, called lumbar lordosis. If you experience lower back pain after standing for long periods of time, it's because your tight hip flexors are pulling your low back forward. Now the lumbar spine is hyperextended and those vertebrae are uncomfortably compressed. So here's the big problem. If you don't know which muscles to engage to counteract this when you're sitting or standing, you're probably not correcting that posture while you're working out either which means you're probably making the situation worse because if the wrong muscles are engaged before you even start an exercise, then the wrong muscles are almost guaranteed to be recruited to perform the exercise. And the muscles that stabilize the pelvis are arguably at the core, no pun intended, of most exercises. Big ones where I catch myself out on this one are planks, lunges, and back exercises like seated or bent rows. So let's talk planks. If you aren't correcting your anterior pelvic tilt, or APT for short, during a plank, the top front of your pelvis, or the hip bones, are angling toward the floor. This makes it more difficult from the jump to engage your abs properly. Your lower back is arched, so the posterior core muscles are out of alignment, and likely your shoulders will start to fatigue before you ever feel the exercise in your abs. Common cues for forearm planks are to imagine pulling your elbows towards your hips, Don't let your tummy drop or squeeze your legs together to recruit more muscles. I don't like these as cues because doing these things doesn't automatically engage your lower abs to rotate the pelvis back to a neutral position. Actually, the opposite is true. If you engage your abs and glutes properly to hold your pelvis in a neutral position, It will feel like you're pulling your elbows in towards your hips, your tummy will not drop, and your legs will squeeze together as muscles further down the chain are recruited to maintain the plank. Lunges are a little more complicated and probably easier to show than to tell, but the same principle applies. The easiest way to catch yourself here is to look at yourself in a mirror or film yourself doing the lunges. Beginning a lunge from an APT position automatically means that the spine isn't properly braced and the core isn't properly engaged. You might be thinking, well, lunges are for building leg muscles anyway, right? This is true, but you have to remember that your body is a holistic system. Muscles work together in chains. So if one part of the chain is out of alignment, it's going to impact your muscle recruitment order the rest of the way down the chain. So for instance, if your glutes aren't engaged and you're dumping into your lower back, your hamstrings and calves won't fire properly. And if your hip flexors are in a shortened position when you perform the lunge, your quads won't get the full benefit of the movement either. You're more likely to be dragging your body through the movement with negative impact on your low back and knee joints. Whereas if you start from a properly braced position with a neutral pelvis, you're supported appropriately for the primary movers to operate as intended. The movement will feel smoother and stronger as a result. The second postural fault we're going to talk about is closing your rib cage flare. So there are lots of things that can cause flared rib cage. For desk workers, I think one of the most common is a misguided attempt to correct our seated posture. When we find ourselves slouching and jerk ourselves upright to sit up straight, most of the time we are sticking out our chests and flaring our ribs. Unfortunately, this isn't correcting our spinal posture. In fact, it's making it worse. 
When our ribs flare out, we're tugging our thoracic spine forward into extension. Doing this regularly causes us to lose mobility in our thoracic spine. Worse still, this postural adaptation wreaks havoc on the muscles that attach to the shoulders and shoulder blades. Many of these muscles weaken and lose range of motion, so other muscles have to take over to perform their function. This creates the issue of needing to correct muscle recruitment order that I always talk about to make sure we get the benefit of the exercises that we're doing. And it's not only the posterior side we need to worry about with rib cage flare. Flared ribs also create a disconnect between your diaphragm and abdominal muscles. This results in shallower breathing and poor activation of the abdominal muscles. The good news is that it's relatively easy to monitor and fix, and you may even see it happen as a byproduct of engaging your abs to correct the APT we just talked about. From a standing position, start by activating your glutes and lower abdominals to bring your pelvis into a neutral position. Then place your hands on either side of your rib cage like you're putting your hands on your hips, but higher. Then imagine stacking your rib cage directly over your pelvis like building blocks. It's likely that the first few times you do this, you will feel like you're hunching forward when your ribs are actually in a neutral position because effectively you're rotating your rib cage a little bit forward. Using a mirror will help you capture this. The downside here is that it will probably draw a lot of attention to exactly how much your neck is in a forward position. Arching the thoracic spine and flaring the ribs is a way to bring your neck back upright so it seems like it's neutral when it isn't. When you start correcting your spinal posture from the pelvis upward, you expose all of these postural adaptations that you've been contorting your torso to hide. If all of this wasn't enough, let's talk about how game-changing this correction is for your workouts. As I mentioned, an extended thoracic spine that lacks mobility makes it extremely difficult to target the muscles of the back, shoulders, and chest appropriately. Lat pulldowns are a great example where the shift is immediately obvious. A lot of people approach a lat pulldown by sitting down with disengaged abs, grabbing the handles, and pulling down with an arched thoracic spine and lifted chest. Instead, align your pelvis and your ribcage before you sit. If you find once you're sitting that you need to lean back a little to get full range of motion for the exercise, do so, but do so with your entire upper body as one unit, meaning hinge backward from the hips, not the thoracic spine, keeping the core engaged and your ribs stacked above your pelvis. Then perform the exercise. You should feel the force of the primary movers further down your back in your lats where it belongs. There are dozens of other exercises where focusing on correcting a flared rib cage changes the game by moving the load into the appropriate working muscle group, and I will share those in content on other platforms where visual aids can assist, but give this one a try and see how much better your mind-muscle connection can be when you start from a corrected postural position. And the third postural fault we're going to talk about today is to forget the up, back, and down cue for your shoulders, and instead think open and engage. From middle school through high school, I attended schools where we were lucky enough to have a robust performing arts program, and I sang in our school's choirs and musical theater performances for all those years. During warm-ups, the choir directors always got us to open our diaphragms by following the cue of moving your shoulders up, then back, then down. If you just did that, then you probably noticed how it artificially lifted your chest, and yes, 
flared out your rib cage. Unfortunately, this cue isn't only used for singing. It's a common one used for getting people to sit up straight. But something else you might have noticed, especially if you've been behind a desk for the last decade at least, is that even though you feel like you're sitting up straighter, your shoulders are actually still rounded forward. They've just been yanked backward. What this cue ignores is the rotational motion of the shoulder. As a ball and socket joint, your shoulder moves in lots of directions. And muscles of the shoulder complex include not only the rotator cuff muscles, it also actually encompasses the muscles responsible for motions of the shoulder blade, which we typically associate with the back, not the shoulder. The up, back, and down cue is strange because when you break it down, it's actually instructing you to elevate the scapula, externally rotate the shoulder, then depress the scapula. A better progression would be to retract the shoulder blades, think of pulling them together, and externally rotating the shoulders. Think of the newspaper opening exercise I shared on Instagram last week. Sit or stand with your arms bent at 90 degrees, hands in front of you, fists positioned facing one another like you're holding a newspaper. Then think of drawing your shoulder blades together and simultaneously move your fists away from one another like you're opening the newspaper to its full width. Be mindful as you do this of keeping your core engaged so your ribs stay stacked above your pelvis. The result should still be that your chest is lifted and your posture is more upright, but it's not as artificial, and you might even notice that you can take a deeper breath now than you could before. I do these shoulder openers periodically throughout the day to help activate the muscles that have atrophied from being in a forward, rounded posture all the time, and it feels amazing. In doing this helps establish the mind-muscle connection I need with these muscles while I'm exercising too. So I hope walking through these helped you identify some poor postural adaptations you've been carrying around and gave you some good tips for how to go about correcting them. Verbal cueing in the fitness industry can only go so far. If you don't understand the why behind the verbal cue and what it is trying to help you achieve, you could be recruiting the wrong muscles and just making the problem worse. Join me on Instagram at Fixing Fitness with Kelly for more visual aids to supplement what we talk about here and workouts with exercises targeting the muscles that we're trying to wake up as desk workers. I'm happy to say that I made it through recording this episode with only a couple of coughing breaks, which I will, of course, edit out so you don't have to listen to. But I think that this is a great way to kick off season two. To give you guys a little bit of an idea of what's coming, Season one was just kind of a catch-as-catch-can. Anytime I read an interesting research article related to fitness, I was bringing it to you guys in podcast form. Season two, I'm being a little bit more intentional with what my episodes are going to be about, trying to establish kind of a pattern while maintaining this well-rounded approach to fitness. So today we talked a lot about physical movement, muscle order recruitment, that sort of thing. As I'd mentioned during the podcast, I do think that visual aids can help a lot here, so more of the physical-related content is going to be going up on my Instagram. I'm going to continue talking about it here on the podcast, of course, but each season is going to also include aspects of fitness that I think need to be taken into consideration, including the mental and emotional aspects of fitness, 
what's going on with your lifestyle and your support system, as well as continuing with scientific reviews, some fitness myth busting, or anything that comes up in the news or anything that is definitely discussion worthy. So each season going forward is going to be 10 episodes. So we are kicking off season two. Now you have an idea of what's coming. I hope you follow along. We will be dropping new episodes every Monday, just like last season. So thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.